Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to season two of The Untitled Shiro. I'm your host, Wanjiro, otherwise known as Jen. The Untitled Shiro is a podcast dedicated to highlighting and celebrating African women working across diverse career fields. I invite African women to come on and share their individual experiences along their career journey. I try to understand their motivations behind their chosen field of study and subsequent career choices. It has been exactly a year since the first episode dropped last July, and I'm so excited to be back in conversation with another group of inspiring women. Now, for this first episode, I wanted to kick things off by speaking to someone who provides career advice and guidance. So I asked around on Instagram if anyone knew of a career advisor, and I was told to check out that candid coach. So I did. My guest today is CJ Ndlovu. CJ has worked across multiple industries, including financial services, at one of the big four professional services firms and is now within the startup space. In addition to her nine to five, she also guides millennials towards building their careers, finding their purpose, self-love, and how to master relationships. CJ, I've been looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jen, and congratulations on uh, a year. I think that's really exciting, but thank you for having me. I'm just as excited. CJ, I gave a brief introduction to who you are, but um, let me give it, uh, give it over to you to kind of do a bit more justice. Fabulous. Well, um, I'm CJ. My full name is Stjabri Sondlovu, but, you know, go by CJ. Um, I'm a marketer. Um, and recently a life coach as well, um, you know, started my career in marketing. So that's what I studied, was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to continue and pursue that path. So started out in financial services and did that for a little while at the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, as well as Ernst & Young, and then kind of just got bored uh, <laughs> and uh, wanted something a little bit more exciting. So I uh, took the leap and jumped into the startup space where I worked for Uber, What Three Words, and now currently heading up marketing at Zulzi, which is an amazing South African uh, grocery delivery platform. So in a nutshell, that is me. Um, I really love people. Mm. I love helping people. Um, and that's kind of what has always been the underlying career path that I would have liked to choose. And I guess now I'm just at that space in my life where I am trying to do more meaningful things, um, which has kind of led me to, you know, this path of becoming a life coach for millennials. So that's who I am. Um, I think that answers your question, Jen. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And and we'll get into um the the work that you do as as a life coach a little later. But I kind of want to get to understand um your journey into marketing, right? Sure, gosh. I think I always knew I wanted to help people, but what that looked like, I wasn't quite sure. Um and you know, helping people you can do that in so many ways. You know, you can be a doctor, you could be a social worker, you could work as an accountant who helps people make sure that their their businesses are running efficiently. And so I think for me, I always knew that I loved people, mm. I wanted to help people, but I just wasn't quite sure what that looked like. So at some stage, I remember <laughs> telling my parents I wanted to be a physiotherapist because it sounded like a cool thing, right? you know, and then only to realize that I'd actually, you know, be like massaging people and, you know, not physically helping people. And I was like, no, that's not it. And so, you know, as kind of grade 10, 11 comes around in high school in South Africa, anyway, you know, you, you, 
you kind of get encouraged to start thinking about your career and start thinking about what you want to do. Um, you know, a lot of schools have the opportunity for life orientation where you do like a work experience day or something like that. So I recall the first work experience day um, I went, so my father was actually in marketing um, and was fortunate enough for him to like connect me with an, a friend of his who had an agency um, and I went and I did agency for a day and I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not doing this, um, you know, and, and, and then in uh, matric, uh, my sister, my older sister was, you know, she was very artsy in that and she was kind of doing magazines and working at a magazine. And so I went to work with her and I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. But I knew that that wasn't the type of helping people that I wanted to do. And so, you know, uh, you know, you end up having to have like quite a frank conversation with your parents, right? And also decide, um, you know, like, okay, I, I need to apply to university. What am I going to apply for? You can't apply for helping people. <laughs> you need to kind of choose what that, what that is. And so for me, um, you know, at my school, we had a lot of people kind of come over and explain different careers, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we had a social worker uh, that came high school and was like you know this is what social work is this is what we do etc and I was like yes that's it that's exactly what I want to do that is it um went home told my parents <laughs> I was like yeah so I've decided I want to be a social worker and my parents are like mm, we're not too sure you know um is there anything else <laughs> you know and so kind of encouraged me to look at maybe something else that I was really good at you know at that time you know you're 18 17 you actually have no idea yeah. and if you're like me and never had that strong inkling of what it was that you wanted to do I guess also that influence that your parents have or your siblings or aunts and uncles or whomever that you know um figure it is that you look up to has over you it, it really you know has some weight you know um, and so I, I, I kind of then listened to my parents because I was like, they're smarter than me. They've been around way longer. And my parents love me, right? Like, um, I never at any point felt like my parents would ever want to lead me astray. So, you know, coupled with the fact that I did feel confused, even though I thought I had found what I wanted to do, I still wasn't confident enough in that thing. Um, and so listened to my parents um, applied for a whole lot of things, but ended up going with marketing again because I felt that throughout my life I had seen and I had been privy to the type of work that my father did, and you know it it, it seemed enjoyable. Um, and so that's kind of what happened, and that's how I, you know, I ended up in marketing or studying marketing rather. Right. So you went on, um, applied, got in, and. You know, throughout your experience in varsity, were you exposed to opportunities of what that looked like? I mean, I know you had some exposure um, through your dad and through some of the experiences in, in, in high school. Um, but what was your experience as a student, as a marketing student in trying to understand what specific paths you can take? Mm -hmm. You know, Jen, to be completely honest, looking back now, I definitely think um, that the university system, particularly in marketing, I think there's a huge gap, right? So obviously, you know, you kind of go through the streams of first year, second year, third year, and you do all of these, a lot of theory, 
which is good, right? Because you need that theory, you need that foundation, you need that understanding. Um, But even within, within that, there are so many different streams of marketing, right? And so we use marketing as almost like a, you know, a blanket phrase for the, the, the function. Um, and there's so many different things, right? So for example, you know, within marketing, I am definitely not a marketing research person. That is just not me. But that in and of itself is an expertise, right? That some people have. You know, there is, you know, digital. There is a marketing aspect that is purely, you know, relationship building and sales. Um, and there is marketing that is more strategy focused and a whole lot of these things, you know. And so to be quite honest with you, you know, there were a couple of companies who came to to uni and kind of had like holiday programs, um, you know, but they, uh, and I'm going to be honest here, if I think back, you you kind of had to be like, super analytical and it's like oh okay if you're like studying maths and you're getting like 99.999 percent you'd get into that holiday program you know but if you are doing well and you're passing um but not necessarily getting 99.999 percent um but you're extremely competent i i felt as though you know those opportunities weren't there until you kind of get to third year and now you are frantically applying for you know internships and you and the whole world who's studied marketing are, you know, frantically applying for internships. And obviously, I mean, the truth is these corporate guys, they have like, what, 20 people, 20 people intake, 50 people intake um, into their, 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 their programs. And so, you know, if I think about my class, there were definitely like over 200 of us in a class at a time, right? Um, and so if they're only going to pick 20 people nationally, like, where does that leave you? Um, and then you go into the job market and everybody wants experience. So in hindsight, I definitely think that there is a huge opportunities for universities to somehow incorporate work experience into the course, you know. Um, and so whether that be, you know, six months of the second half of your second year, uh, you know, them connecting. I mean, they've got great networks, right, connecting with different companies and giving people an opportunity to go in and actually do that work because then that also helps you, right? Um, When you get to third year and you want to specialize, for example, if I realize that, you know, I'm very analytical and I love the numbers and I love, you know, the, the, the analytical thinking, I maybe want to do marketing research, then I'm going into that and I'm not going into it blindly, you know, thinking what is going to be the best thing. But I'm doing it because, one, I've tried it and I've enjoyed it right? Um, and two, there's potential for me to grow there as opposed to trying to do that after you've graduated and you're not scrambling for a job. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Uh, 100%. And it's something um, I discussed, you know, with, uh, I think a previous guest is, you know, the need for, for university programs to really incorporate, start incorporate, incorporating that as part of mm-hmm. the program, because you really mm-hmm. don't know what that field really entails until you land in your first job and you're like, oh, well, what I thought it was going to be. Mm, exactly. And it's so tricky once you're there, right, Jen, is, you know, if you are, for example, you know, the breadwinner of your family and you've finally gotten an opportunity and you have a job, whether it's a learnership or you're an assistant or whatever, and you realize that, shucks, I actually hate this thing. It's so difficult for you to now jump over, right? Like, what are you going to jump into? Go and apply to be an accountant? 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and that in and of itself, there's so many hurdles to get over. And so I think, again, if if we empower university students and equip them with the knowledge and experience, mm. you know, of what these careers actually look like, we're only setting, you know, adults up for, for, for success, right? you know, um, in their various careers and, you know, various companies, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. You've worked in the financial services um, industry, um, management consulting. So why don't you speak a little bit about how you kind of found yourself in those uh, different sectors? Yeah. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned, so when third year kind of came around, um, I remember my friends and I literally going to the university library and like dedicating afternoons where we would just sit and like apply <laughs> for, for like yeah. grad programs, you know, and literally I applied for every single graduate program under the sun, Unilever, McKinsey, Tiger Brands, all of them, you name it. And I got into none, you know? Um, and so, you know, as, as a graduate, you know, that does kind of take a knock on your self-esteem and you also kind of feel like, oh my gosh, like, am I ever going to get a job? <laughs> you know, and it's kind of a scary place to be in. But um, through that kind of, you know, persevered, persevered. And I was fortunate in that, you know, my dad had a really great network of friends um, and, you know, connected me with a couple of his friends, uh, you know, who... I could now have an opportunity to actually have a meeting or just a conversation, right? So it wasn't just, you know, me on a sheet of paper. Um, And so, you know, through that, uh, got an opportunity to intern um, for for like two months at the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Um, And that went really, really well. And my internship ended and then I was again jobless. Um, you know, with nothing. And after a couple of months, they called me back and they were like, hey, you know, um, would you like to come back and continue interning on like a contract basis? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So went back and did that. Um, At the end of that year, my contract then ended. um, And there was just like, you know, from from their side, no possibility of adding new headcount to the company. So I was off for like two months or so, And after those two months, got a call and they were like, wow, great. You know, uh, my manager at the time had managed to, you know, really like motivate for me to have a job. And so started there as a marketing assistant and did that for three, four years. Um, And after three or four years, you know, um, I I had been working with, uh, you know, somebody like an external provider at the stock exchange. Um, and she suggested to me, she was like, oh my gosh, a friend of mine is, you know, the director of marketing at uh, Ernst & Young and she's looking for people and I really think you should apply. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not ready. <laughs> you know, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have the experience. Like that's such a big, you know, brand. And you know, the, the position was a manager. So it was a marketing manager. And I was like, what? I've never even managed people. Like, I'm just going to go there and be a dad, you know, um, went home again. And honestly, my family is phenomenal. Um, you know, so much support from them. And I remember my father saying to me, um, what do you have to lose? If you apply and you don't get it, you continue with your job. Right. If you apply and you get it, think of what that could mean for you, mm. you know? Mm. And I was like, you're so right. Like, you know, so many times we stop ourselves from 
taking certain opportunities, you know, because we're, we're all in our heads too much, you know. Um, but yeah, so I went for it, went for an interview and got the job. And I was like, what? Amazing. And worked with like the most phenomenal people there, um, you know, and did that for, for about a year and a half, two years. Um, and whilst I was there, I had a mentor there. Um, and, and I had kind of gotten to this place in my career where I was kind of feeling unsatisfied with the type of work I was doing. Mm. Um, I didn't feel like I had the chance to be as creative as I wanted to be. Um, and I didn't feel that I was interacting with people as much as I would have liked. So yes, obviously I had my amazing work colleagues, etc. Um, and so I had kind of expressed to my mentor that, you know, I'd like to do something really, really different. And at the time I thought that looked like FMCG, you know, so going into the Unilevers, the Procter and Gamble's, et cetera, of this world. Um, and uh, whilst like scrolling on LinkedIn and looking for work, I saw a job at Uber um, and I was like, yeah, definitely again, imposter syndrome showing up, uh, like never going to get it, not even going to bother, you know, just not, not, not even going to go there. Um, left the job for like two, three months, didn't apply, you know? And again, my mentor was like, then came to me and was like, see, just actually saw a job that I think you'd be great at. Like, why don't you give it a try? And it was that job that I felt that I wasn't good enough for. Um, and so, yeah, applied for the job and after just the longest interview process of my whole life, I mean, eight rounds of interviews, you know, got the job and, you know, was so, so excited to be working in a completely different space. So, you know, moving from B to B to B to C, which is something that I've never done, you know, B to B being a business to business and business to consumer, right. Customer. Um, and it was so amazing for me. And I think, you know, Jen, for the first time in my career, I really felt as though I was ha- helping people, you know, directly because I could see the impact of my work, you know. And so every campaign yeah. that I did that, you know, we saw trips going kind of through the roof for, um, I knew that was money in a driver's pocket, right? Um, at any point I could walk into the driver center and speak to somebody and find out how Ubers or or becoming an Uber driver has completely changed their life, you know, and they're so grateful and all of this stuff. And, you know, many times, um, you know, hosting these, these drivers and literally them coming up to me and saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like keep doing these marketing campaigns because they bring us riders and it's amazing, you know, and just felt so good um you know yeah. in in at at that point in my career and also you know working with the most phenomenal people you know so going from working with you know a traditionally older um you know set set of 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 colleagues to working with you know people who were my age and people who were movers and shakers and you know doing things in their own rights and everybody had like a different background you know so we had somebody in marketing who used to be like an actuary, you know, and just decided like, mm, bored, want to try something new, you know, and, and all of that. And it was just honestly the most amazing experience and just opened my eyes up to a world of work that I would be so privileged to help shape 
um, you know, where it doesn't matter what your background is, but there is an opportunity for you to grow in whatever you believe that you're good in and supporting you in that, you know? Um, so that's kind of how I ended up then in the, in the startup space and the on-demand space and obviously really fell in love with that, which, you know, has kind of led me to, to where I am today, you know, still being in the startup and on-demand space. Um, so, yeah. I wanted to know from you, um, what are some of the things that you absolutely love about the industry that you're in? If I can say generally the marketing sort of space and the type of work that you do and some of the things you're not so in love with. <laughs> so I guess maybe the, the the ability to understand, you know, different people through how they interact with a particular brand. Right. Mm. So I, I say that. So if, if we use, uh, you know, Zulzi, for example, you know, you, you really start to understand how, like what makes people tick, why people purchase certain things when they do, you know, and all of those drivers. And again, for me, I think it, it's always going to be rooted in people and my just interest and love in people. So, um, you know, for me, that's, I think, the most exciting um thing that i get from from marketing is just understanding people and just the fact that you know a product or how you position a product can literally you know have somebody um who was having a bad day or somebody who has kind of not felt good about themselves completely just shift 180 uh, through through buying a can of I don't know Coke uh, or buying a chocolate or whatever else it is you know and and I think that's that's really really interesting and also just seeing how people you know find stories um, and see themselves in in you know campaigns and 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 content that you create. Um, you know, I think that's, that's probably the most exciting thing that I, I enjoy about my job. And I think things that I would like to see, and I, I, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll be quite specific here because mm. it's a bit of a bug of mine at the moment is, you know, just kind of seeing big corporates align and change with the ever-changing marketing environment. Um, and not just saying change, but really meaning change. Um, and I think, you know, for example, in relation to influencers, okay. right? <laughs> yes. You know, we all know how we feel about them. You love them, you hate them. But the truth is, that's the future of marketing, right? That comes part and parcel of the digital world that mm -hmm. we're in. Um, and, you know, uh, through my experience and through speaking to a lot of people, influencers just aren't taken seriously, right? And I've started, obviously, that candid coach, and, you know, just pulling together content. My goodness, Jen. Wow. It's a mission. <laughs> that is a job. That is so difficult. And I think, you know, people really just don't, or corporates are just really not understanding that. And I, I think just influencers are just undervalued and, you know, a lot of digital channels as well. And so I guess I'd just like to see that complete just embracing of the new, of yeah. the change. Um and not saying it in boardrooms and being like, great, yeah, we're going to support this, but your rands and cents aren't behind it, right? Um, and so, so yeah, I think, you know, being more specific on that, that's definitely something that I'd like to see see change. 
So now um, you've spoken a bit about your love for for people and working with people. Um, you started this journey into becoming a certified life coach. What does that actually entail? What does that actually mean? What are you looking to achieve with that? So, so a life coach is, you know, basically somebody that, you know, helps people make some type of tangible progress in their lives. Um, you know, so that's helping you, you know, set and achieve certain goals. So if you, for example, are wanting to start your own business, you know, is how do we work together to come up with solutions and action plans to get you to actually start that business? Right. Um, you know, holistically. So it can be emotionally, what do you need to do to get ready? What do you need to be doing every day? You know, it can be practically, you know, so do you need to register your business with Subsea? What do you need to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and really, you know, I think in my life, um, I've always enjoyed um, and always kind of been that person to many people in my life. Mm. Um, and, and, and I was kind of thinking about it and, and I was like, how, how do I take this love that I have for people and do something with it, do something meaningful with it. Right. Mm. And so I thought, Ooh, you know, do I want to become a therapist? And I, you know, you know, researched that quite deeply. And I thought, no, um, I, I, I don't think that I can, um, you know, um, simply because of just the way that I am. Um, so I thought, no, you know, and I, I kind of racked my brain and going through a lot of different professions and careers that could help me help people. And I came to a life coach and, and I think in today's world as millennials, I, I, and I'm pretty sure it's been like that for every other generation, et cetera, but I really feel and believe that things like the rise of social media and digital and all of these things we are facing so many challenges that our parents maybe just don't have any clue, you know? So it's like, oh, you scroll through your phone and now you're feeling sad about yourself. What? Like, what is that? Switch off your phone. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Um, so to them, they just really can't understand that and grasp that. But as millennials, this is who we are. I, I, I you know, was very, very intentional about choosing millennials because I also feel like it's great when you have somebody that you can speak to who can relate. And so I do understand the challenges, um, you know, that, that, that people go through and, you know, some of the self-limiting beliefs are also shared or shared amongst peers um, you know, and that is what led me to picking a career as a life coach. Mm. And what would be the process in starting to engage you? So, so I think, you know, with approaching a life coach, you know, there can be many reasons and instances why somebody approaches a life coach. Usually it's a life change. You know, you're either going through a life change or something that's going to be life changing for you. So for many people, it could be a job. Right. And so if you are currently in a career and you're thinking about this isn't what I want to do, how do I leave this? You know, what does that look like? What are my options? Um, you know, that would be, you know, reaching out to me and we would work together to basically figure that out for you. And I always say uh, for me as a successful life coach, I want people to come to me and be able to do life without me. Right. Because I don't think, you know, I, I never want to ever coach somebody that then feels that they're dependent on me right. to make certain decisions or 
to, you know, build plans, etc. I want to impart wisdom and help you create a long sustaining type of thinking that you can do on your own. Right. Um, in a particular area. So that's, that's exactly what it would be, um, Jen, is reaching out to me and saying, hey, Siege. And I think initially what I like to do is uh, we set up, a, you know, like a get to know each other call, you know, and say, what, what do you want to achieve? Because I think that's also, you know, one of the biggest differences between like a life coach and a therapist, you know, a life coach is very, very outcomes based. And so I, I, I like for people who come to me to have s- some idea of what you want out of this, even if you're unclear. So it's coming to me and saying, CJ, great. I want to leave my job because X, Y, Z. Um, I'm thinking this is where I want to be, but I'm not sure. Mm. You know, so it's working together to say, how do we unpack this, right? Um, And how do we work with that? And then also, you know, if you're at the starting point, so if you're at the beginning end of your career, and just like we said, you started a job that you thought was your everything, and now all of a sudden it's not, what do you do? And I think, you know, a lot of people also put so much of their self-worth in a job, in a, in a, in this title, you know, what, who are you when that title is taken away? Who are you when that job is taken away? Who are you when the things that you thought would fulfill you in this job aren't there anymore or don't show up, you know? Um, And so I think, you know, kind of taking a holistic approach to look at, you know, who you are, your your personal development, where you are, um, and basically using all of these things to build tools uh, that enable you to be able to take actions towards, you know, finding the career that you really enjoy. It might not be the top paying career, but if you're fulfilled, uh, you know, that we've, you know, we've, we've, we've kind of reached our goal. So, so that's it. Amazing. Um... So CJ, I've got two last questions for you. And the first is just around, you know, I'm trying to understand what have been some of the top lessons you've learned along your journey so far. And the second question is, you know, what advice would you impart to young girls, um, women either looking to get into marketing or who are struggling to kind of find a career path or find alignment in pursuit of their sort of grander purpose? Um, What advice would you have for, for them? Cool. So, Jen, my biggest lesson in my career thus far is how you treat people matters. Mm. Honestly, how you treat people matters. Mm. Um, And it goes a long way. And if you treat people with respect and you take the time to genuinely want to learn from people and care about people, right? I mean, if you are working in anything, you spend majority of your life with these people, your colleagues, your managers, etc. And, you know, it's important to be yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that for me has by far been my biggest lesson. I don't ever recall, you know, studying and learning about, you know, the importance of soft skills in business, in workplace, Um, you know, maybe it was like a small little module here and there, but, you know, if I look at everything really that I've achieved, it really has been because, you know, just stopping and caring and listening and being a sponge and, you know, finding my voice, um, and knowing who I can turn to and who I can trust, 
um, and finding somebody to guide me. So relationships really matter. Um, you know, I think that's, that's my biggest lesson. And I think my advice to any young women, young girls out there looking to start a career in anything, uh, pivot a career, um, find themselves or anything is simply just to bet on yourself. Um, and it's, I know it's, it's such a loaded thing and it's so very difficult, but if you believe in that little idea or that little voice that made you think that maybe you're good enough to be a doctor, bet on that and trust that and trust yourself, you know, um, and don't look at yourself through the lens of other people. And which so often happens, you know, we get in our minds and we think, oh, but I don't have A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh, but X person has this, this, and that, and that, and that, and that. Um, and so what I would say is do your research, you know, go out there, find someone, someone who has done it, who is doing it, and be genuine about what it is that you want. So if you want to get into marketing, and there is a free talk on Clubhouse where people are talking about marketing tools and tricks and tips, you know, is go in there and reach out to the facilitator and say, hey, I would love to pick your brain for like 15 minutes, you know, um, be prepared and, and let them know that what you're sincerely trying to do, you know, and you'll be surprised at when you try and or when you find the right people around you the doors that they can help you open um, for yourself and your life. And so bet on yourself because it's important to bet on yourself, right? Because betting on yourself means even if your voice is shaking and you're on this clubhouse call and you need to ask a question and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to sound stupid. You ask that question anyway, because you've betted on yourself and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, you know, uh, betting on yourself is at the end of a conference, walking up to the keynote speaker and thanking them and saying, hi, I am CJ. Thank you so much for your talk. You know, um, this is what I've been struggling with. I'd love, love, love to come and meet you. I'd love to come to your office for, you know, two minutes to, you know, have a coffee, you know, while you're in between meetings or whatever else it is, um, you know, bet on yourself and read a book, bet on yourself and take a new course. Um, to upskill yourself so that when you go into an interview, you can give real examples, you know, um, and, and, and you can talk about knowledge that you actually have. Um, and so overall, just bet on yourself. That is, that is what I would encourage everybody, whatever you're trying to do, whether it's your career, whether you're pivoting, whether you're wanting to start a new business, um, you know, whether you're, you're in high school and you're like, yikes, I don't know, what am I going to do? You know, bet on yourself and do that research and go out and ask people. Um, you'd be really, really surprised about how much people want to support you. Then mm, that's some sound, sound advice. CJ, uh, why don't you drop uh, some of your handles? Um, well, your handle for that candid coach and where people can reach out to you if they're interested in getting your services. Yes. Hey, shout out. Awesome. You guys can find me at that candid coach, um, basically on everywhere. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and on all of those pages, I've got links to my website, 
um you can book a discovery call which is one hour for free for free for free where we basically just have like a hey now chat um and you know figure out if life coaching is the best thing for you um and then come to come up with a plan of how we can take things forward so i'm really really looking forward to you know everybody who's going to say hey siege i heard you on you know um the untitled chiro <laughs> uh, but thank you jen this was this was such a good chat you see it's just like you know two old friends catching up right girl girl no it really is and it's so important right it's so important um to 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 have conversations like this and and be out there so if you're listening and you feel like you need any type of advice about marketing or anything please reach out to me i'm more than happy to help you figure things out you know even if it isn't through you know completely going through that candid coach um you know i'm i'm here to support you to reach your goals and and your dreams so yeah ask and you shall receive thank That's- you so much thank you so much cj for being on this episode thank you jen hey you made it to the end thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the untitled shiro as always i'd love to hear from you you can check out the untitled shiro on instagram at the untitled shiro and on twitter at untitled shiro and remember to subscribe to and rate this podcast available in all major podcast platforms Until next time, take care.